0: Hello and welcome to today's PropCast. I'm Andrew Teacher from Blackstock Consulting. This is episode four of our ResiCast series uh, in support of this year's Property Week Resi Convention. Uh, And we're joined today by Oscar Brooks, who's uh, one of the directors at Moda Living, and by Jonathan Burridge, he's founder at Utopi, which is a a technology uh, and FM consultancy. Um, And and we're gonna be talking really about how Moda has, has really embraced smart technology and prop tech in delivering a better user experience at Angel Gardens and also really focusing on sustainability and, and using data at the heart of everything to, to drive uh, some some really fantastic outcomes as, as, as we'll discuss in a second um but first up let's uh let, let's go to Oscar Brooks from Moda so Oscar it's been obviously a bit of a crazy year for everyone but you've had some great success in Manchester with Angel Gardens which is the, the first Moser scheme uh, to have completed what's the what's what's the 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 vibe looking like at the minute obviously uh, not an ideal situation to be in in Manchester but you know you guys are getting through pretty well aren't you
1: yeah I mean you know obviously not good times for anyone but I think what we've seen is that ultimately it's you know the, the building the brand proposition and the concept has been quite a resilient one not necessarily just for us but across the board uh, you know, collecting quite a lot of rents. I think we're at 96, 97% rental collection. Uh, lettings are progressing really well. Uh, there was a slight slowdown in the marketplace when, you know, when the true lockdown was in force and you couldn't go and have a look around buildings and things like that. But But for us, you know, we're still sort of in double digits lettings every week. Uh, we secured a pretty major corporate pre-let just in the depths of lockdown, which helped with, you know, help bolster the figures. And, and at the moment, you know, technology has played its part in allowing us to communicate and engage with our on-site community. Uh, and I think... That- and how much, how much of the lettings activity is, is being conducted in,
0: in that way? Because, I mean, Moda's obviously always had a very strong social media presence, um and and has invested very heavily in brand and that that's now paying dividends
1: yeah i think you know for the for the for the first time ever during lockdown over 50 percent of inquiries were generated from social media uh which typically is is you know for most operators i would say that they look to right move for for the majority of their inquiries uh but Coughing away
0: ten percent every time they they, they do that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, are people are people getting the, the the sense of of premium? Are they are they understanding that that there is a a huge premium not just in the hassle free offer, but in having the gym and and all of the other amenity spaces and, and the ability to work and the ability to, to 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 kind of do what you need to do within the walls of the building.
1: I think. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely starting to come through. It's, it's a message that probably as a whole sector, you know, we all need to sort of club together and go on a bit more of an educational process, which is one of the things we wanted to try and tackle next year. Um, and, you know, because people, you know, to, to Joe Bloggs, who's not necessarily uh, familiar with the, the, with the industry or the sector, it, it takes a bit of explaining when you're talking about, you know, the levels of Wi-Fi that are included, the gym, the space, the co-working space, the amenities, And it's quite hard normally to get all that messaging across on a right move ad or on a social post. So, you know, we spend quite a lot of time strategizing about how to get all that messaging across without coming across as too corporate on our, on our branding and advertising. So there's definitely a, um, an art to it. And it's an art that we're continuing to work on to try and hone it. But I think, I think as a whole industry, there still needs to be an educational process for the, for the public and the customers and the consumers about, you know, what are the true benefits of Build to Rent. Um, mm, and it's, yeah, getting, no, it's, it's getting there.
0: And, I mean, on, on, on I mean, let, let's bring Jonathan. So, I mean, you're, you're the founder of Utopia. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Utopia? Um It sounds like some sort of music festival that didn't happen this summer.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Andy. Uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, so Utopia, we're um, a smart building technology integrator and managed service provider. Um, we've actually we've been working with Moda for just over a year now, um, and uh, one of the areas that we've had a, a lot of success on is, is really helping developers create the optimum technology solution for their assets. Um, we call it a digital infrastructure blueprint. It's a bit wordy, uh, maybe better than utopia is a name, I suppose. Um, and yeah, so utopia been... a good name. So, what, what does that mean in plain <coughs> English?
0: So, for people that aren't M&E specialists what are you talking about are you talking about putting a few tvs on the wall or laying <laughs> some wi-fi uh laying some some internet cable what, what does that mean what what does digital infrastructure mean in in the context of a, you know, a 36 story build to rent
2: facility so, so basically anything that produces data so any one of the, the mechanical electrical systems that produces data so everything from wi-fi tv audiovisual, uh right the way through to building management systems cctv access control fire systems um, and all things so related. So, linking
0: stuff together, so that there's a, there's a single point of 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 control.
2: Yeah, in essence, we just pull all the data out of these systems to create one version of the truth, which allows us then to make the building smart effectively. Um, and we give that information to our clients through a, a single pane of glass, as it's referred to, or a dashboard, but it's management information in essence. And then we use that to help make the building operate more efficiently. So we we drive yeah. a, a lower cost maintenance service, doing exactly that
0: so one version of the truth is a bit bit minority report so to, to <laughs>
2: we
1: haven't got those screens yet but we're thinking about doing that's the next investment for us it, interestingly when you know when, when we were when we embarked on the build of angel gardens we spent about two years searching the market and speaking to a lot of our you know engineering friends um you know sort of saying because whilst you've got you know, you got your CCTV, you got your fire, you got your access, you got all the different systems in place. And we sort of thought, surely, you know, thinking about things like minority report, we thought, surely there's going to be one in this day and age, there's going to be one place where we can be out and pull up on our phone in a meeting and look at exactly how a building is performing and how all the systems are performing. And, and that product, you know, it just wasn't simply there at the time. And we got chatting to the Utopia guys and, um, sort of gave them a brief as to what we wanted and then you know that they relatively quickly came back with a a way of doing it and and now it's progressing at a rate of knots that you know for us you know excuse the use of the name but it's utopia being able to pull up an app and or an ipad and see a, a live dashboard of how your building is performing and how you can use that to then improve it going forwards
0: and, and what does that mean in, in terms of, I, I guess, on, on a practical basis? Because I suppose, you know, in, a, in the, the, the Moda aesthetic is you know highly immunitized, best-in-class developments. And and I guess, you know, the the, the the upside of that is, is you know, you will typically have the best development in the city. The downside is there's a lot that potentially go wrong with one of those buildings.
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, well,
0: how, how, how do you how do you capture that on an app where there's there's so many moving parts literally moving parts to it that that that, that need oversight
1: well i guess you know th- this is the the age-old data problem isn't it it's you know a lot of different devices and tools collect data but then it's how do you store it and what do you do with it to make it beneficial um well i mean i have trouble with my bloody radiators i you know
0: since google took over nest my thermostat doesn't <laughs> speak to my my radiator valves. So, crisis how you do that in a, in, a, in a 460-odd unit building. I can't even do it in my room, in my one-room yeah. studio down here. That's, um,
2: a, that's, a, that's actually a really important example of why change control and management is as important as the right strategy and technology. So you can't really – you can't disaggregate technology from service because as soon as you do that, what you end up with is air gaps between systems. So things don't function the way that they were designed to function. And actually, change control is one of the central parts of our service offering. It's making sure that when a software version on a system is updated, that it doesn't have a knock-on effect, and that something else that was meant to work, you know, then stops working as a result of that upgrade. It becomes a downgrade, in essence, in that
1: regard. I think that, on a very high-level basis, the benefit for us is is, is, it's sort of got three sections to it. One is the operational piece you know as a a building operator it helps us maintain and manage the building better uh you know it can see what systems are working what are not do we need to call someone out you know it can streamline the diaries of the maintenance guys uh it can do a lot of great stuff on that side of things then you've got uh the design sort of element which is now that we've got the utopia stuff deployed in angel gardens it's allowing us to generate real-time data, which is feeding into the design of the next generation of buildings that are we, that we've got on the drawing board. So, what it essentially does is help us provide a business plan uh, for every square foot in the building. So, you know, we we can tell you know if no one's using that library right great well let's turn it into a gym space because we can tell the gym's you know acting at peak capacity all the time so it helps you sort of you know it's data-driven design is what we're starting to call it and it's you know what you know hands up five six years ago when we were first designing angel gardens there was an element of the developer and the architect sat in a room saying wouldn't it be nice to have a cinema room but ultimately no one really knew at that point. You can do sort of surveys it, it, it with the public, but no one really knows how well that's going to be used, and what probably quite useful now, don't it? Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, but but, 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 but
0: yeah, you, weren't, you weren't designing for a pandemic no, back in twenty sixteen. No.
1: But but what? But the beauty of utopia is it can tell you in in, in with live data. What's a good thing and what's a bad thing to design into the building? And that's right. I think a
0: good thing a good thing would be it would be a launch party for the PlayStation Five. I'd, I'd love to see that. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll get we'll get on the blower. Um,
0: yeah, let, let's let's sort that out. I mean, let's, in, so in, so in, I mean, Oscar makes a good point. So obviously, from a from a pipeline perspective, Moda, the, the Moda pipeline is is you know, circa two point five billion pounds worth of development pipeline, and your next couple of completed buildings will be the Lexington in liverpool which has always been my favorite aesthetically it's a fantastic beautiful building and, and the mercium which is the first of two developments in birmingham so jonathan based on the data that oscar's just described what are the sorts of practical design changes that that will that, that can be made to those buildings given that they've obviously already got planning consent they're already under construction they're already coming out of the ground what are you able to do before the point of, of completion to make them better
2: Yeah, so that's a really good question and, and obviously we we've got we got involved really post uh, contract start in terms of these developments so you would imagine that there'll be limited impact that we could have but actually that hasn't been the case so we've, we've been able to help redesign the wi-fi infrastructure um uh, to get to create a much better user experience both from a resident experience perspective but also for the operational team on site um so you love this
0: phrase pervasive wi-fi explain that (laughs) to to my nan
2: okay so (laughs) wi-fi yes a really good way of actually asking that question um yeah so basically pervasive wi-fi gives you full building coverage now the expectation would always be that you would you would buy a pervasive network and it would cover the whole building but actually if you go with a home hub option um, which is kind of a traditional model in um, built around, and also uh, in the student accommodation space, where you have a your own router like you would at home in your apartment or your bedroom. Um, that that creates lots of um, issues around um, coverage and signal strength. You end up with too many uh, Wi-Fi access points, which means that you get overlap and then you get frequency issues. So by designing a, a floor plate with coverage for a full floor plate in a building you get then a much better user experience because you get the optimum performance and you get coverage everywhere which means that if you've got your mobile phone connected in your apartment you'd have the same connection in the gym in the car park you know in reception so you wouldn't need to keep logging in and out of different systems basically so but you know that's that from a user x point of view has been really beneficial i think to moda but also there's some cost there's some cost benefit in doing that also um, it's a much more corporate way of designing the infrastructure, and it suits the build-to-rent environment much better. So that's one of the one of the things. Also, a much deeper focus on integration um, and ensuring that the data that we pull from systems can be used um, and means something to Moda and us as an operator supporting them. Um, and then I guess the last thing is it's around um, the use of IoT, so Internet of Things, for those that don't know what that is. So being able to implement sensors that gather and create more data, give the building eyes and ears that it otherwise wouldn't have had. So we're doing things like collecting environmental conditions um, in various different spaces in apartments.
0: So Mr. Dyson can know how dirty your hands are.
2: Yeah' <laughs> we're not quite yeah Think, things like temperature, humidity, noise, um c o two, so that we can then create a wellness score um, you know in a, in a way that makes sense to a built to rent operator. you can then present that back through the app through the dashboard you get that, those metrics then that you can use to inform future decisions. So, yeah, there's a few few ideas that we've um, there's developed al- with them.
1: There's, a, there's also a few things from a sort of practical, sort of hard infrastructure perspective. I, I mean, you know, one of, the, one of the good things about the partnership so far is that, you know, for teams of people who might not necessarily be that tech-savvy or that tech-focused – you know, there's so many solutions out there which previously get bypassed or shelved because people don't always understand it. Uh, and the guys have certainly helped us understanding certain technical specifications for the buildings. And, you yeah, know, one of these has resulted in, you know, a three, potentially a £300,000 saving in terms of cabling in one of the buildings because there's certain new technologies we can put in instead of having to lay a certain amount of cabling, cabling to 34 floors across the building. And, yeah, there's the small wins like that 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 having them on board from day one in the design process you know that that money can then be put back into the building elsewhere to enhance a consumer customer experience on a different level so Mm. you know it's it's, there's multiple benefits across the board to it and i think the other good thing i I mean i was reading the other day quickly jumping on sustainability about how um you know they think the they think that about 80 percent of the buildings that are going to exist in twenty fifty are already built. And, you know, how do you then retrospectively go back and upgrade and enhance those buildings without having to knock the life out of them and spend endless amounts of money. And I think what you know, what what we're doing even now at Angel Gardens is we're still developing products and process with Utopia that they're able to go back in and and, and retrospectively fit into the building for pretty minimal hassle really. So it's stuff like that as well, which is handy.
0: Mm. And, and johnny what have been some of the other sustainability outcomes that that, that you've had using you know using angel gardens in manchester as, as a test bed what you know what, what sort of savings are you expecting going forward
2: yeah so basically taking control of the um hvac systems and lighting allows us to reduce energy consumption it's a fairly easy win but it's something that's often missed um in, in many commercial buildings um, building management systems have been specified, over specified, one might argue, uh, for decades, and are underutilised because they're a black art for a lot of people to to be able to use them in, in the way that they were actually designed and the way they were intended. Um, but as part of our service, we, we're able to take control and then and then effectively manage it as an organic, um, you know, service delivery tool, um, and and that allows us to reduce operational costs and and, and energy consumption, which obviously has a knock-on impact around. Um, efficiency
0: and and your approach to technologies is is your 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 tech your your device agnostic aren't you so you will essentially recommend whatever the best gadget is for the job is that is that correct
2: absolutely there's only two things that we we have any we've we've built if you like one is our our software platform that aggregates the data and the other is a multi-sensor which allows us to capture environmental conditions because we wanted to make that accessible and affordable for our partners um but other than that, everything that we use is, is is market, you know, it's market ready. It's, you know, and we're you know, we're fully agnostic in terms of uh, vendors and technology. And actually, that allows that so, us I mean, to, to play a really important yeah. role in helping advise the operators in, you know, going to that business case assessment, which is I suppose what Oscar was referring to earlier. Uh, being able to look at something in a in a whole life, you know, context. So not just what does it save us today, but actually, what is the what are the implications of that over a period of time. An opex is obviously a, a key area of focus for the operators. So, um, being able to look at that beyond PC, if you like, and, and into operations is really important.
0: Yeah, and just uh, Oscar on the, on this point about data, can you can you talk us through your thinking on data? So, what what is the role that data plays within within the kind of Moda brand?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we sort of touched on it earlier, but for me, you know, we sort of want Moda to be the first. Prop tech build to rent, if that makes sense, but what I mean by that is you know data sort of guides everything we 're doing at the moment so from you know from a design perspective, from the moment Penn touches paper on a ski, on a scheme, we can talk about you know the nuts and bolts how the areas are used, what type of environments are going to be created in the common areas, uh, you know which sort of areas people are spending more time dwelling in, making sure that every square foot of the building has got a business case because the thing is when you when you are designing and delivering these large scale communities there's a lot of space and there's only a certain amount of it that you're getting income from so and that's so crucial with your gross to net calculations and and it, you know it can make or break the appraisal a couple of percent so sort of streamlining all that from day one so that when the ops guys start to feed into the design process you've you've already done the heavy lifting in terms of making their lives easier um so that's, and, and then when you are operating the building, it's stuff like being able to cast back onto existing buildings and thinking, oh, well, actually, you know, those meters or those radiators or those appliances were actually adding to either residents' utility bills or that they were adding to our OPEX or, you know, there were basically, you know, wrong types of light bulbs. That was enhancing the maintenance demand so predictive maintenance is helped by it so there's there's all that from a development and opex perspective and then for us you know on the on the resident side on the customer side you know where we're trying to position the brand is as the you know the the uk leader for customer service and i think all of that will be again driven by data in the sense that we'll be able to give the buildings a wellness score we can plug customers into the app which will make their lives more convenient and and try to take more away from them and keep things simple so it's easier to pay your rent it's easier to speak to the concierge it's easier to deliver with to, to deal with deliveries but then also a big sort of brand message is to health and well-being and how the data can and that, and that works for
0: investors as well i mean that's the thing is is that there's a duality of audience here and that obviously you want to rent buildings quickly you want to get the best rent you can to to you know obviously to, to 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 make the buildings create as much value as they can but from an investor perspective being able to look at, at a set of assets and, and benchmark them by performance on multiple levels is is very much in keeping with, with where the investment is at, particularly with this growing focus on on esg
1: yeah i mean you know esg is a big one we've got some pretty major announcements we're going to make next year in terms of launching our our strategy into the public domain uh but you know i think ultimately the goal for us is to be able to sit down to any audience not just investors but also potential residents um and and say look guys you know these are the happiest healthiest most sustainable buildings to live in in the uk and this is the data for it that backs it up um, and you know that'll be a combination of working with the utopia guys to try and achieve uh, you know net zero carbon uh working with carbon offset partners to help support that uh you know as part of our health and well-being strategy uh people get sort of mental health checks if they want them they get health checks when they move in which includes Dexa scans. you know your blood levels cholesterol levels all all available to people and and, and, you know, we're also working on a partnership at the moment with uh, a company that provides through the app uh, a mental health therapy service at a discounted rate to market so that if you are feeling a bit down in the dumps, you can log into the service via an API on our app. And, you know, there's, there's real trained health professionals there who work with the NHS where you can book appointments. And for us, that's the stuff, you know, that's where we're thinking and we think that that's pretty pioneering at the moment but getting people what well, one of the problems in the uk which is always quite a political subject but is how hard it is to get a doctor's appointment how many of those appointments get wasted and and all the sort of money that's leaked through that whereas if we can bring those services into your own home using technology with credible um certified partners then, then that all adds to the sort of holistic wellness approach that, w- that we're targeting at the moment
0: we well, are. Yeah, I mean, the concept of going to a crowded, smelly room to sit with a bunch of other sick people to wait—it's not a good one at the moment, is it? It's, yeah, it doesn't doesn't look such a smart idea, does no. it? No. Um, but I mean, in, in so in terms of, I, I guess you know, on on that side of things, obviously, that means that you're collecting and storing a fair amount of of data. Uh, how are you kind of finding, I suppose, that the legal avenues of that of, of having to kind of obviously comply with GDPR and all of the other. So the, all of the, so the other regulatory red tape that sort of sits around this stuff
2: it's actually a really important question gdpr and we we've deliberately designed uh, our service architecture to be gdpr compliant out the wrapper because frankly you don't want to get into that territory because it's so gray so all the data that we operate with is anonymized so it's specific to a site an asset you know a use case but it's not specific to an individual and actually if you stay on that side of the um uh, you know of the line then actually you're pretty you're pretty clear in terms of gdpr so um everything that we're doing with moda and any other client actually it all sits in that anonymized data pool um so yeah we are aggregating significant amounts of data and as you mentioned earlier um esg is becoming a uh, it's probably the number one priority almost at investor level at this stage um but as, as oscar said the tide is changing i think and you know environmental um Responsibility, if you like, has become a more you know central part of everyone's thinking. um I'm not sure that's a reflection of being at home a lot and COVID and the fact that the world is you know you know currently quite uncertain and you know w- worrying for a lot of people. Um, but you know that zero carbon as a as a kind of government policy and a target that people need to reach by 2045, 2050, depending on where you're located. That you know that brings with it some serious potential challenges for owner operators so i think it's important now to avoid that kind of future penalty around carbon tax that planning around operational performance is is thought through properly at this stage and there are loads of levers to pull um you know around micro generation battery storage you know better consumption management green energy supply um it's just understanding how those those operate with one another um in a live environment that's the challenge that that some of the operators are still trying to wrestle with, I guess. But, you mm. know, data plays the key role in that ultimately because without the insight and the knowledge of how the various different levers are operating, you're, you're really not able to optimise that and then, you know, reach that
1: net zero carbon utopia that everyone's talking about. I think also taking a step back and from a customer's perspective and, and in the build-to-rent sector, you know, it's all going to be about customer experience and, and ultimately you know, when the sector is more mature and there's more buildings up and built and more brands in the marketplace, people will start to vote with their feet. Um, and, and I think, you know, in terms of customer consumer trends, people will align themselves with brands that are doing that heavy lifting for them. So they can say, oh, well, look, I live in a motor building. Therefore, that means I am focused on my ESG or focused on sustainability or focused on low carbon if that makes sense. So I, th- I see that as a, as a growing consumer trend as well, sort of aligning with brands that are doing a lot of the sort of the, the environmental social thinking for them in a way and have policies that really appeal to them.
0: Well, because be part of it is also just influencing people. I mean, I mean, I think um, Johnny, it was something that that's been mentioned um, you know, in your business about how you can put sensors on, the windows and student housing buildings, so that when they leave the windows open, the radiators turn off rather than having the radiators blaring out heat while someone's smoking a joint out the window. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, it, it, that's the thing is that the people will bang on about how they love the environment, but they'll still go to boohoo.com and order some slave labor made. Five pound T shirt that's clearly been made by by, exactly, by little kids yeah. on 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 less than the minimum wage. So I think there is that uh, there is that duality of what people say and what they do being often quite different, um, and, and that can be a hard circle to square reputationally for any brand. Um, uh, and, and then you know you throw in the the, the, the you know and the same applies to investors. There's a lot of investors that talk about ESG but but they don't really stand by that. And to some degree you've got an opportunity here to force people's hands somewhat.
2: I think there's more there's more than just the environmental aspect to it that, that adds value really. I think uh, an ESG policy or strategy that's applied correctly will also drive efficiency and that ultimately you know plays into investors' other agenda points you know key key, uh, key criteria. so I think there's a, there's a the secret is actually in trying not to tackle one thing but to tackle it as a group of, of, of initiatives I think in my mm. view
0: so just just to finish off obviously we've, we've talked a lot about sustainability but but clearly one of the other big changes uh on the tech side is is the emergence of 5g um so um, what what does that you know what does that mean for you guys presumably you will be uh you, you'll be getting one of the new shiny iphone pro maxes for uh for christmas oscar um what what will if you're being good what 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 uh, what what does what does 5g look like i mean it's obviously going to make a few things a bit fast it's not 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 going to overhaul the residential world overnight but but quite an exciting uh emergence
2: yeah so 5g is indirectly going to affect everybody's life in some way at some point it's going to be a bit like when the iphone and the smartphone was kind of launched you know a decade or so ago and everyone went, what's this thing for? What do I use it for? And no one really knew what the apps might be. No one kind of understood the future, if you like. And 5G is a bit like that, in that the, the app store hasn't been even created yet, so people don't know what they're going to use it for. Um, but fast forward the clock 10 years from now, and I'm sure there'll be loads of use cases out there for 5G. In the short term, I don't think it has a major role to play in the built environment per se, um, because you know, in the context of a building where you have pervasive Wi-Fi or any kind of Wi-Fi infrastructure, um, you know, f- five, 5G five wouldn't add a huge amount of immediate value to that. Um, well, it's
0: potentially a lot more secure, though, isn't it?
2: Well, t- yes. I mean, I don't think that's required in a pre-designed corporate-based infrastructure like, for example, that, that Moda are deploying. Um, Security is already, you know, unquestionable. It's at a high enough grade that you wouldn't need to concern yourself with that. I think once you start leaving the building and going into the open world, then, yes, that's a really important mm. factor. And in some, in some you know, in some commercial environments, the security isn 't there inherently, therefore you know 5g would add some value to that. but I think for a motor development that's it 's not a, not a well, question when, an um, issue for
1: them. you've just touched on it there, I guess, but when we were we went over to South Korea when we were sort of finalizing our, our deal with samsung and, and we went to their their sort of future technology center where you have to hand over your watch and your phone and all, all that jazz.
0: This is Samsung rather than North Korean border. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and and interestingly, the stuff we saw in there, and, you know, there's everything from holographic TVs to, you know, see-through walls and appliances, but that, that they were sort of saying as well, and they, they delivered some 5G networks over there. I think they did one as part of the Winter Olympics, it was. Um, so they were sort of a world leader on 5G, but a lot of the... 5G related stuff, you know the 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 fact it gives you the ability to hook up to you know around a thousand devices at any one time. Uh, The stuff that they were focusing on was stuff that was more at when you're out and about. So you know wearable fitness technology, uh, you know mobile devices, stuff for when you're actually out in the wider built environment in public. So it'll be interesting to see. You know they've no no doubt got product ranges lined up for when it does kick off across in a wider expanse so it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out
0: mm, the exciting stuff well um yeah the, the, it's going to be an interesting year ahead on the consumer tech front and absolutely look forward to seeing how this how this plays out um not just at angel gardens but but at, at the lexington um and, and what's what's just just to finally ask what what's the sort of what's the current eta on 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 the lexington
1: oh get myself in trouble here for sure uh we'll ne- we'll <laughs> next next summer next year <laughs> next summer i think <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to that that coming forward but look um thanks very much to oscar brooks from moda living and to jonathan burridge from utopia i've been andrew teacher from blackstock consulting please do subscribe to our Propcast cast uh, on apple spotify any other platform uh, just search Propcast. Uh, and if you'd like to get in touch, drop us an email. But thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you soon.